You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Rocks podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. My name is Sam Holman. Um, I'm going to be flying solo today. My co-host, McQuaid Arnold, wasn't able to join me, so I'm just going to be going over the loss to the Jets, uh, kind of recapping that and just looking ahead a little bit to next week's game against the Washington Commanders. And I mean... I, I don't know. This game, I, I think it has everyone pretty discouraged. You know, it feels like a, a lot of those, I mean, not even just Super Bowl hopes. It feels like playoff hopes are kind of pretty dubious at this point. And there's still a lot of season left. We're only six games in. They can absolutely turn it around. I mean, people have pointed out that in the Super Bowl season, they started out three and three and they, they were able to get into the playoffs, make a run, and, and, and win it all. And then that could definitely happen. But at this point, it's just it's really hard to see a way moving forward because it feels like a lot of it is it's not just schematic. It's not just injuries or personnel-related. It just feels like it's all that. Maybe not injuries, but you know, scheme, personnel performance. And then just it feels like something's off with the culture. And that's obviously can be harder to fix um so i'm just i'm gonna go over all three phases of the game just kind of talk about some stuff that stuck out to me uh i was i was just able to watch the defense all 22 and so i have some thoughts on that um i i thought it was i mean i feel like you could say this for almost any game this year but it was is an up and down performance obviously the first half they held them to three points Uh, they were looking really well really good um, and, and I think that part of the problem was offense just didn't play complimentary football. The, the Jets were able to just keep kind of sticking to their game plan, right? They could do whatever they wanted on first and second down. And man, their, their run game, just watching that back and their run game is so fun to watch. There's so much misdirection. I mean, the, I mean, the, the play that they scored, I think it was Brees Hall scored a 30 plus yard touchdown on. That was just like that was like a, a a wing a wing T play right where they it was a twenty personnel uh, set. All right, I'm not sure. I think it was twenty one actually. But one one running back was in the backfield. One was lined up as like a wing tight end kind of in a wing tight end kind of look. They essentially pulled the guard and the tackle, ran the running back behind them, and gave it to him as they faked it to the other running back. And there was also like a jet sweep fake coming from one of the wide receivers as well. 
I'm hoping to put out a video on that play and kind of break down what went wrong uh, over the next day or so. But just super creative. There's, I mean, the guys were out of position on the Packers defense, but it's 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 easy to see why the the Jets had them in hell. I uh, and. I mean, kudos to them. You know, obviously the other other guys get paid too, but there's obviously stuff to work on for the Packers' run defense. You know, they they they're still going to really light personnel formations against in obvious running situations. So, you know, stuff is still. I I still don't like a lot of the stuff they're doing in terms of how they're arranging their run fits a little bit. Um, it's just it's it's not just it's schematic as well. Some of the personnel just isn't playing well. Um, I think that, like I said, first half was, there was a lot of good, um, obviously saw Kingsley and Igbari get his first sack. That was awesome to see. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, what, what can you say at this point that no, no phase on, of the team is playing well enough. Um, on the positive side, Hey, we, we didn't get killed on over routes. That's, you know, that, that's kind of nice. Uh, we just got killed on a, on a bunch of big runs. So. It's not necessarily an improvement, but it it is what it is. Um, I think that for the guy, I mean, pretty much the guys who played well, Quay Walker, he he was out of position some. I don't think he was as bad as people are saying. Uh, there there there's some stuff where he's he's playing his keys, but the keys are leading him the wrong direction just because of how the Jets are structuring their run game. Like I mentioned, there's a lot of misdirection, a lot of pulling guards um, on the Braxton Berrios touchdown run. He's he's following. He's doing what he's supposed to do from what I remember, right? He's keying on the guards. He sees them pull, and Braxton Berrios just you know catches the jet sweep in the other direction. Um, I actually put that touchdown more on Savage. He has to play that from more depth and kind of uh, outside with more outside leverage. Um and then I, I think that the players you can say had a good performance. Jair Alexander and Rashawn Gary. I mean, Jair locked down whoever he was covering. Uh, Rashawn Gary had the sack. I mean, he's so consistent. It, it's kind of crazy to think he if there wasn't one taken away by penalty in the in the Giants game, he would have had a sack every week this year. And that's that's insane. I mean, that's like a on pace for a 16, 17 sack season. Um, he he is an elite pass rusher, and that that's really cool to see. Even if a lot of the other stuff isn't look for, looking very good, um, other than that, Adrian Amos I thought had a fairly good game. Darnell Savage, I, he's still he's still just so inconsistent. Like like I've been saying, I was saying the week after the Giants game, I just feel like he would benefit from more time as more as more of a robber safety. Uh, I I don't think you know playing the run isn't really his thing. Uh, he just he needs to be in a position where he can just kind of be free to make plays and let let other people clean up what he uh, clean up around him, kind of make take up the slack. Um, but it, it's tough. I I think that I believe his his fifth year option was exercised, so he'll be in Green Bay at least a year or two more, unless they trade him. Um, but he just still inconsistent. I I I think this defense can still be good. I think that especially if they continue to adjust, if they continue to play more man, like what they did this this game, um, they continue to challenge receivers that line a bit more, blitz more. Um, I'd like to see some more creative stuff from Joe Barry. I mean, like the the first you know three four weeks, you you can get away with just sending a linebacker up the a gap or the b gap, 
but I feel like they could really benefit from, you know, to send Darnell Savage a little bit more, uh, dress it up a little bit more, right? Get a more double A gap uh, mug pressure looks. You know, you can do a lot, a lot out of that. Um, and the weird thing is they got, they were getting into that stuff last year. And I, that's one of the reasons I was kind of excited for the defense this year. Cause I was saying, you know, look at, look at all the kind of interesting stuff they were doing last year, even in year one, I wonder how that'll evolve in year two. And it just hasn't really even been there uh, for, for the most part. Um, so yeah, I, I think that this was for in with summer in some way, a, a step in the right direction, but they just need to, keep improving um there's still breakdowns you know still guys misplaying stuff and that, that needs to get cleaned up um I thought the effort they played with was was a bit better this week um and, and last week it wasn't so much that the effort I, I want to rephrase that it was more just they weren't playing fast I kind of mentioned that a couple different times I felt like they were playing faster this week and so that was that was nice to see um it, it's hard they were like I said, getting pulled in a bunch of different directions by that run game. So I I think that with teams that aren't quite as creative on offense, uh, I think that they'll do a bit better. Um, But, man, they they just need to keep moving in that that direction. They are far from where they need to be on defense. Um, Special teams, uh, it, it was disappointing. It felt like they had shown so much improvement, uh, at least comparatively. With, with last compared to last year um and i mean they did have a blocked punt that was that was fun to see it feels like that's the first big splash play we've seen on special teams in a while um but then you know the jets blocked a field goal uh, they blocked a punt for a touchdown it just that with with you know some of the big good splash plays it felt like there were some big bad splash plays so yeah i think they just need to get back to kind of just going to reset. And from what everything we've seen, Rich Passaccia, he's, you know, the guy who's going to be able to do that. Um, I have more faith in him being able to fix the issues on special teams than I have faith in Joe Barry to fix the issues on the defense. So I, I think that they will get that cleaned up and, but they, they just need to keep moving in the right direction. Um, offense. Now this is, this is kind of, I think where a lot of the discouragement it really lies. Um, before I get to that, though, I'm going to take a quick break to uh, let let you hear from some of our sponsors. So I will be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. Going to be talking offense uh, from the Jets game. Man, this this is frustrating to watch. It's just, it's not even anything, like, as someone who, you know, kind of likes to dig into the film, I'm okay, you know, if, if not everything's perfect, as long as it's fun to watch. But there's just, it's just also disconnected. It feels like there's nothing, at least in the way that they're, executing it it feels like there's nothing that's really enjoyable to watch there's not like any of the the sequenced plays or play calls that we've seen in past years from the offense and some of that is coaching I I don't want to you know completely exonerate Matt LaFleur of any responsibility obviously he's the head coach he's the main offensive guy he needs to do better I feel like there's a bunch of meat on the bone that's still left with with a lot of the stuff that they've tried to do I mean, like even the 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 pin pull stuff and the pony package stuff. There, it feels like there's we see teams. I mean, the last two weeks, the Jets and Giants, they've run like pony personnel variants with two running backs, and they've done some really creative stuff that we haven't seen from the Packers. Like like what I just said, you know, they kind of ran in like a old school offense. You know, one running back lines up in the in the wing position, and they they hand it off to him on kind of a jet sweep with pulling guard, a pulling guard and a pulling tackle. Uh, and, and last week, you know, Saquon Barkley, they roll him out in pony personnel, get one guy in the backfield, line up Saquon um, on the line as a receiver and just run him on, on an over route. You know, they put Quay Walker in conflict and they got a 41-yard catch and run off that. I mean, I, I just would love to see some of that stuff from the offense. It feels like there's – it's just – it's just a gimmick at this point. Like it feels like there's so many different ways they could develop it a bit more. I mean, let, let's let let's go go ahead and test how far defenses are are going to be willing to play nickel against pony personnel. Right? We've only really seen it where it's it's twenty one personnel. Right? The two running backs and then one tight end, and teams are basically receive uh, basically treating that at least for most of the snaps I remember as eleven personnel. Right? Where the Aaron Jones is a receiver. And that kind of limits, you know, what what you can do with him uh, to some extent. But test that out. You know, put two tight ends on the field instead of just one. You know, see if they, they'll get try to get defenses lined up in base. Then motion Aaron Jones out into the slot and run like an option route with him again against a linebacker or a safety. I'd love to see him used in more of a, as in more of a receiver. You know, even this past week he lined out out wide. You know. Ran kind of a, a double move on the linebacker that went out to cover him and was open. He would have been open for like a 70-yard touchdown if Aaron Rodgers could have hit the freaking throw. And we'll get to Aaron Rodgers in just a little bit because, man, he he is bad at, at this point. Um, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll get to him in a bit. But, you know, first, like, like I said, just I, I would love to see some more creativity out of this offense, more – 
feels like it's it's just a collection of horizontal plays at this point. It feels like there's nothing that really is built to create explosives beyond like vertical nine routes on the sideline to Alan Lazard or Romeo Dobbs. And then there are occasional exceptions, right? There was a post route or a corner route where Dobbs, it looked like got open and Rogers missed him again. Kind of, kind of a theme here. Uh, But just, I, I feel like there's a lot more they could, they could be doing schematically. Um, in the offensive line, you know, choices, I think that I, I'm definitely on the boat that it's time to get Royce Newman off the starting lineup, move Elton Jenkins in. I, I'm just really, I, I'm really wary of put, of just assuming that Josh Newman can just step in at right tackle because he's been on the Packers for three, four years and this team that loves to put their guys in different positions, loves to cross train them. They do it like with every single offensive lineman that they can. Like David Bakhtiari is pretty much the only guy who they haven't cross trained. And he's, you know, from the previous regime. But I mean, Royce Newman, guard, tackle, Ellen Jenkins, he lines up everywhere. I think Josh Myers, he, he may have only lined up at center for them, but I know that I think there was talk of him lining up at guard and he may have done that in training camp. It's hard to remember. Um, but just all, all these guys, they love moving them around. I think it's kind of telling that Josh Neiman has never been anywhere except left tackle. And I think I, I might have said this on a previous podcast here, but I, I kind of, my pet theory is that he had some bad tab, habits out at right tackle. The staff moved him over to left tackle to try to break some of those, and it, it's possible that then they try it, and then they've tried to move him to right tackle. Because uh, it sounds like they they tried it a little bit in the off season, but not any time that reporters were able to see. Um, and so that kind of had to come out from the coaches. Um, and my my theory is just that when he moves back at right tackles, those bad habits just come back, and he you know he's a mess. I don't have any anything besides my own imagination to back that up, other than the fact that they just will not play him at right tackle. Um, but it, it's just it's telling to me that this offensive line room, this offensive line coaching staff, you know, whether it was Adam Stenovich uh, as offensive line coach the past couple of years or Luke Buckus this year, they just do not want him at right tackle. That just kind of speaks a lot to me of what they what they think of him. I think if he could play a right tackle, I think we would have seen it already. Um, but it's hard to say for sure. Maybe they will try it and he'll turn out to be great. Um, but I, I think at this point, the whole point of that rant I'd rather move uh, Zach Tom out to right tackle. We've seen him. We've seen the staff put him out there, and you know, presumably they've liked it enough to keep seeing it because he's, you know, he's spent time, you know, left guard somewhere at different point places around the line. But uh, they put him at right tackle a fair amount in the preseason, so they they obviously have at least some willingness to try him out at that spot. I, I think I'd prefer him at right tackle rather than Yash at this point, just because of the, 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 I, I just don't like that they are, they refuse to play Yash at right tackle. That just kind of gives me, gives me a bad feeling that it, he probably can't do it. Maybe wrong. Maybe they could roll out with, with him at right tackle against Washington and he, he's great, but that, that's just kind of my take on it. Um, and then talking, like I mentioned, Aaron Rodgers. This is not the guy they paid $50 million for 
or whatever it is his first year. I know it's not exactly $50 million, but it, it, you know, really basic math, it's 50 million a year. He just, he can't throw the ball. He can't hit deep stuff. And that's kind of hamstringing the whole offense because they stack the, the defense can stack the box. They aren't afraid of him hitting downfield shots. And that means that the the offense, the way it's structured, you know, they they want to get into the most uh, advantageous calls, and so you know when they stack the box, they're going to audible out of it a lot. And I feel like that's he. I'm not going to say he's been a liability, but he is not the guy they needed him to be thus far in the season. They need to have a guy who played, you know, if not at MVP level, at least at like a top ten quarterback level. I don't even know if he's been top 25 at this point. He's been really, really bad. Um, and, and I think that's apart from uh, some of the off-field stuff that I think that he contributes to, right? I, I feel like a lot of people were giving Matt LaFleur crap for you know the, the team not being able to respond to adversity. We've seen Aaron Rodgers for years. If he throws an interception or there's a fumble, he crawls into his shell and hides and is uh, barely a servant you know he he's barely he's a shell of himself the rest of the game for the most part and I think that I think there's this team the way that Matt LaFleur kind of set it up coming in I think he wanted it to be a player-led team and that doesn't mean he's not responsible for the culture in some respect but I think that a lot of the way the culture is uh, created is through the attitudes and the actions of the players and if you have you know we we don't have Zadarius Smith anymore I I don't know exactly how much like guys like Billy Turner provided leadership, but we we've lost some of the guys from the past couple of years and things just aren't going well, right? They're turning the ball over. And I, I think that, you know, it, it's fair to think that, you know, we've seen Aaron Rodgers struggle with just, you know, sink, sinking into, into a black hole whenever he personally turns the ball over it's i think it's you know a a reasonable possibility that that is kind of translating to the rest of the team um and i don't know that for sure obviously you know i'm not in the meeting rooms i don't know the dynamic of the you know the, the team that well but that's just kind of my my impression from outside um and then his his impact on the offense i mean I think that he really, really wants to do what he wants to do, and that's an offense that doesn't have a lot of motion, doesn't have a lot of movement, or things that make the game easier for his wide receivers or him. Right? He just wants to. He he. There was a clip. There was a clip going around earlier today where he was talking about. You know, he loves that West Coast offense where it's a lot of ISO routes. It's not a lot of motion. He's able to just you know study the defense, kind of use his cadence, cadence variations to figure out what the defense is in and kind of kind of win that way and i just feel like right now that's more what the offense is it is than a Matt LaFleur offense and i think that that's Aaron Rodgers' influence showing up and you know part of that falls on Matt LaFleur i think that he needs to take a good hard look at what they're doing and make a change if necessary um, I don't know if the whole player-led thing can be fixed in season. I don't even know if that's something that can be fixed before Aaron Rodgers leaves. But I, I think that they have to try something different because, you know, something is very broken on offense. Um, and they, they need to get that fixed. 
Um, yeah, that's that's just my two cents on it. And, and I don't I don't want it to sound like I'm you know excoriating Aaron Rodgers as the only person at fault in this offense. I think that there's a lot of fault to go around. Honestly, they've been bad. You know, part of it's on the coaching staff. They need to you know figure out the offensive line and get get them in better shape to play. Um, part of it's, you know, play the play calling and play design. Um, the play calling, I, I think is more, it, I, I don't think we can judge that from the outside just because we know that, you know, Aaron Rodgers has a freedom to change calls at the line. So we don't know how much of the run pass, run pass split is on Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, how much of it is Matt LaFleur. It, we, we just don't know enough, I think, to make reasonable or realistic judgments on that. Um, but I think the play design leaves a lot to desire. And I, I think that there's more that they could do there. Um, but yeah, there's just something that needs to be fixed, you know, on the offense as a, on the team as a whole, like I was saying in the opening, it's just hard to see this team as a Super Bowl team, what what they were supposed to be coming into the year. And that doesn't mean they can't be a fun team. That can't, doesn't mean we, we have to stop watching them or anything. I'm going to be watching every game that I can, but it, it is disappointing um, hopefully I'm wrong. I, I hope that they turn it around. They could very well do that. Uh, stranger things have happened. Um, they, they could absolutely make a run and surprise, surprise me, but it feels like, it feels like their window has closed. It feels like uh, the, the, the talent they lost in the off season, you know, I, I know that they didn't want to lose Devontae Adams, but you know, they, they lost him. They lost MVS. They lost Zedarius. Um, they, they lost, you know, the, some significant guys in the off season. And it just feels like that's kind of put them in a position where they're no longer true contenders, at least, at least looking at it, you know, in the first third or so of the season. Yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of all I got. Um, like I said, hopefully I'm wrong. I, I'm kind of an optimist by nature, so I'm kind of going to keep hoping and, uh, yeah, keep looking for improvement. Um, this will be a big test. If they come out of this, then I feel like, you know, Matt Furrow will be a better coach for it. There'll be a better team for it. They can handle adversity a bit, a bit better. Uh, so that would be, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of all I got. Uh, so I want to thank everyone for listening to the Wisconsin Sports Rocks podcast. Uh, you can listen to us pretty much every week around the same time. Uh, you can, and, um, yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be hanging out for the rest of the season with you, and uh, I'll see you guys again, or see you guys in soon.